welcome to the Crack Open a Classic podcast, a podcast where I read a chapter or two, an episode aloud, ask questions to help you think about the chapter, and open the world of classics to you. So grab a cup of coffee or tea, and let's jump into the chapter. Hello, hello. It is Monday, December 20th, 2021, and you may be wondering where I have been for the last week. I haven't posted another chapter for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in, I believe, a week, possibly 10 days. Truthfully, it was because I got very sick. Not the plague that shall not be named, but a very serious sinus infection that turned into bronchitis. I am much better now. I am hoping it is Christmas week. Uh, Christmas is in five days. So Merry, Merry Christmas. Uh, Joy to the world. But I wanted to share the reason why I have not posted. I am hoping to be able to post all week this week. I am feeling much better. My voice is actually stronger now. And I'm able to actually talk for longer than one sentence without coughing for 20 minutes. If I do not post this week, I will return next week with new chapters and new questions to consider and to think about. I wanted to pose a question to you my listeners. I post questions and everything on Instagram, but I wanted to find out if you would like me to also do a Facebook page for it. I could do that, I think. I would have to sit down and figure it out. I could also possibly work on my website. I just have not had time to do that. If you would like me to do either one of those things, you can email me at crackopenaclassicpodcast at gmail.com and I We'll put that in the show notes so that you can definitely be able to to email me easily. But I, I wouldn't mind that at all to be able to communicate with you guys, to have more question time, uh, answer time, open the discussion more. If you have suggestions for books you would like me to read, I have the next like 20 books scheduled out, but that doesn't mean that I can't change anything. I have not recorded very much ahead, which is one of the reasons why I did not have a backup log of chapters for 20,000 Leagues. I only have technically two chapters I could have put out last week, but I was not feeling well enough to even edit. So I just wanted to throw that out there and see if you wanted a change in the way I do the discussion to open it up to more people. I am back. I am better. Uh, thank God. And I will be posting this week and recording and getting things done. I may take Monday off of next week. It's a court this weekend. I will be out of town and away from my editing equipment. So I, it's according to if I can get everything edited and uploaded if I have Monday ready. So if you don't see an episode next Monday, it's because it was Christmas weekend and I will have new episodes up Tuesday through Friday. I hope you have a great day and a merry, merry Christmas. And thank you for listening. Thank you for all of the support that you have given to me in the last few months. And I truly, truly appreciate it. Chapter 12. All by Electricity. Monsieur, said Captain Nemo, pointing to the instruments hanging on the walls of his room. There are all the instruments required to navigate 
the Nautilus. There is a similar set of instruments in the saloon. Whether I am here or in the saloon, they are always before me. I can tell at a glance the exact location and direction of my ship in the ocean. Some of these instruments are known to you, such as the thermometer, which registers the temperature inside the Nautilus, the barometer, which measures the weight of the air and forecasts the changes in the weather, the hygrometer, which measures the degree of moisture in the atmosphere, the storm glass, whose mixture, if it decomposes, foretells the imminence of storms, the compass, which guides my course, the sextant, which measures the altitude of the sun, from which I determine my latitude, the chronometers, which enable to me to calculate my longitude, and finally, telescopes for day and night use, which make it possible for me to scan every point of the horizon when the Nautilus is sailing on the surface of the waves. These are all usual instruments of the navigator, I answered, and I know their use. "'But you have some here, which must have been designed without doubt "'to meet the special needs of the Nautilus. "'That dial with the moving needle, which I see over there, is a manometer, isn't it?' "'Yes, it is a manometer. "'When in touch with the water outside of our ship, "'it not only measures the pressure against it, "'but indicates also the depth in which we are moving. "'And is that a new type of sound equipment? sounding equipment?' "'Those are thermometric sounding lines, "'which register the temperature in the different levels of the sea.' And how about those other instruments whose use I can't even guess? Well, Monsieur le Professeur, I will explain these to you, said Captain Nemo. Please follow me carefully. He paused for a few moments, and then he continued. There is a powerful agent, responsive, quick, and easy to use, pliable enough to meet all our needs on board. It does everything. It supplies light and heat for the ship, and is the very soul of our mechanical equipment. That agent is electricity. Electricity? I exclaimed, surprised. Oui, monsieur. But, Captain, you have a rapidity of movement which does not conform well with electric power, whose dynamic force has remained very limited, and so far has been able to produce only small amounts of power. Monsieur le professeur, Captain Nemo replied, my electricity is not the electricity known to the rest of the world. That is all I will say about that at the present. Very well, monsieur. I will not press the point. I am very happy just to be astonished at the results you have achieved. There is one question to which I should like an answer, if it isn't too indiscreet to ask. The material that you use to produce this marvelous agent is consumed very quickly. Zinc, for example. How do you replenish it since you no longer have any contact with land? Your question will be answered, replied Captain Nemo. First, let me say that there is zinc mines at the bottom of the sea. There are also mines of iron, silver, and gold, whose exploitation would certainly be practicable. But I have chosen not to use those land metals, preferring to go no further than the sea itself for the means of to produce my electricity. The sea? Yes, monsieur, those means were not lacking. Indeed, by establishing a circuit between wires sunk at different depths, I could have obtained electricity by means of the reaction to the different temperatures felt by those wires, but I preferred to use a more practical method which is you know the composition of seawater remember that seawater is 96 and one half percent water and about two and two-thirds percent sodium chloride furthermore there are smaller amounts of chlorides of magnesium of potassium bromide of magnesium magnesium sulfate and sulfate of carbonate of lime but sodium chloride forms a large part of it i extract that sodium from water and use it to produce electricity sodium yes monsieur Mixed with mercury, it forms an amalgam, which re replaces zinc in Bunsen batteries. The mercury is never consumed. Only the sodium is consumed, and this is supplied by the sea. I can tell you, moreover, that sodium batteries are most powerful since their motive force is double that of zinc batteries. I can understand well, Captain, how sodium, with its excellent substances, would function in conditions such as you have. 
There is plenty of it in the sea, but it has to be produced. It has to be extracted. How do you do that? Obviously, you would use your batteries to extract it, but if I am not mistaken, the amount of sodium needed by such electrical equipment would exceed the quantity extracted, so in the process you would consume more than you could produce. But, you see, Professor, I do not use batteries to extract it. I simply use heat generated by coal. Coal? I said, pressing him for an answer. Well, let us say sea coal, if you like, replied Captain Nemo. Do you mean you get coal from mines under the sea? You will eventually see the system in operation, Monsieur Aronnax. I am only asking you to be patient. Besides, you will have plenty of time to be patient. Just keep one thing in mind. I owe everything to the sea. The sea produces electricity, and the electricity gives the Nautilus heat, light, movement. In short, electricity is the very soul of our ship. How about the air you breathe? I could manufacture air, but that isn't at all necessary since I can float to the surface whenever I choose to. However, even if electricity does not provide me with the breathable air, it does at least work the powerful pumps that store it in special tanks so that I can, if need to, remain re submerged in the deep waters for as long as I wish. Captain, I replied, I am delighted and I admire your achievements. Obviously, you have discovered something that other men would undoubtedly discover someday. The real dynamic power of electricity... I do not know whether they will ever discover it, answered the captain coldly. However, that may be, you at least have some knowledge of how I use this precious power. You will notice also that this same electrical power gives us a continuous uniform light, which we could not obtain from the sun. Now, look at that clock. It is electric, and it works with a regularity that defies comparison with the very best chronometers. I have divided it into twenty-four hours, like the Italian clock, since for me there is neither night nor day, nor sun nor moon, but only this artificial light which I take with me to the bottom of the sea. You see, at this moment it is ten o'clock in the morning. Precisely. Here is another use of electricity. That dial suspended in front of us serves to indicate the speed of the Nautilus. An electric wire connects it to the log. The needle shows the actual speed of the engine. You see, at this moment we are moving at the moderate speed of fifteen miles an hour. "'Marvelous indeed,' I replied. "'I can see, Captain, how right you are to make use of this power, "'which is destined to replace wind and water and steam.' "'But that isn't all, Monsieur Aranax, said Captain Nemo, getting up. "'If you will be kind enough to follow me, "'we will pay a visit to the stern of the Nautilus.' "'Indeed, I already knew the layout of the forward part of this submarine craft, "'which, going from amidship toward the bow, was as follows. "'A dining room about five meters long, "'separated from the library by our watertight bulkhead. "'The library, also about five meters long. "'The large saloon, ten meters long, "'separated from the captain's cabin by another watertight bulkhead. "'The captain's cabin, another five meters. "'My cabin, two and a half meters. "'And finally, an air tank, "'extended about seven and a half meters to the bow. "'Total length, about thirty-five meters, "'or a hundred and fifteen English feet.' The watertight bulkheads had doors that were shut hermetically by rubber seals, thus guaranteeing the safety of the Nautilus in the event of a leak. I followed Captain Nemo along the passages until we came to the center of the ship. There, there was a sort of well situated between two bulkheads. An iron ladder fastened to the wall with a hook led upward. I asked the captain what it was for. "'That takes you up to the dinghy,' he replied. "'What? You have a dinghy?' I exclaimed in astonishment. "'We have.' and it is an excellent craft, both light and unsinkable. We use it for fishing and excursions. But if you want to get in the boat, you have to rise to the surface. Not at all. The dinghy is attached to the upper part of the ship's hull and is housed in a special compartment. It is completely decked over, completely watertight, and held in place by strong bolts. This ladder leads to a manhole in the hull corresponding to a similar hole on the side of the dinghy. 
by means of this separate aperture i can get into the dinghy the crew shuts the opening in the nautilus and i shut the other that of the dinghy by pressure when i undo the bolts the boat shoots to the surface at a prodigious speed then i open the deck hatch carefully sealed until then step my mast hoist my sail take out my oars and i am on my way how do you get back on board i do not come back monsieur aranax the nautilus comes for me on your orders on my orders i am connected to the ship by an electric wire i send a telegram so to speak and that does it of course i said astonished by these marvels what could be simpler after passing by the cage of the staircase leading to the platform i saw a cabin about two meters or seven feet long in which conseil and ned land delighted with their food were devouring it with relish then a door opened in the kitchen which is about three meters or ten feet long and located between two large storerooms electricity more powerful and more adaptable than gas performed all the tasks of the kitchen wires which were connected to the stoves were also connected to platinum plates which absorbed the heat and distributed it at at regular temperature electricity heated also the distillation plant which produced excellent drinking water by a process of vaporization next to this kitchen was a bathroom conveniently laid out complete with hot and cold taps behind the kitchen were were the crew's quarters about five meters or seventeen feet long the door was closed so i was unable to see the living arrangements which might perhaps have given me some idea of the number of men needed to operate the nautilus at the back there was a fourth watertight bulkhead behind which was the engine room a door opened and i found myself in this compartment where captain nemo certainly a first-class engineer had installed his machinery the engine room brightly lit measured not less than twenty meters or about sixty-five feet in length naturally it was divided into two sections the first consisted of the equipment that generated electricity and the second the mechanism that turned the propeller at first i was struck by a strange smell that filled the compartment captain nemo noticed my reaction that is the residue of gas produced by sodium its odor is of slight consequence besides we ventilate the ship thoroughly every morning of course i examined the machinery of the nautilus with the greatest interest you see captain nemo said to me we use bunsen and not romkorff components which are less powerful bunsen components are fewer in number but they are large and powerful and we have found that superior the electricity that is generated and is conducted aft there through large electromagnets it sets in motion a system of rods and gears that transmit the power to the shaft of the propeller this propeller which has a diameter of 19 feet and a pitch of 23 feet can do up 120 revolutions per second what speed does that give you a speed of 50 knots there's something that was not clear to me but i refrained from asking how could electricity possibly develop such power was the reason for this most unlimited source of energy was it due to the excess voltage obtained by means of a new type of coil did the secret lie in the transmission which by means of a hitherto unknown system of levers could increase the power me immeasurably these were things i could not understand captain nemo i said i have noted the results you have achieved and i do not attempt to explain them i saw the nautilus maneuvering around the abraham lincoln and so i have first-hand knowledge of her speed but speed is not everything you have to see where you are going you have to be able to steer to the right to the left up or down how do you attain great depths where you run into increasing resistance amounting to hundreds of atmospheres how do you return to the surface how do you manage to stay at any depth you please am i indiscreet in asking these questions not at all monsieur le professeur replied the captain after a moment's hesitation not at all since you are never to leave the submarine come to the saloon is our real laboratory you will learn all there is to know about the nautilus
questions to consider after reading. Do some research if you have time to discover if the means the Nautilus uses to harness electricity is real. Electricity almost seems to be worshipped by Nemo. Why do you think that is? Are you surprised the Nautilus can travel at the speed of 50 knots an hour? Thank you for listening to today's chapter. If you would like to discuss the questions, follow me on the Crack Open a Classic podcast Instagram page and comment on today's chapter's post. If you like this podcast, please share it with others so we can get the word out about more classics. If you would like to suggest a book to be read, email me at crackopenaclassicpodcast at gmail.com. Check back tomorrow for the next chapter in this adventure.